The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And just reading uh, that there's some background sound. Um, I'm not sure what to do. Um, hopefully this was good enough <laughs> for everyone. And, um, so... I'm going to switch gear uh, to say a few words um, around the topic, and that's kind of in the uh, in the uh, guided meditation. And uh, let me move my uh, notes up here. And so the topic I um, brought today. Um, is about aligning or setting our intentions. As I uh, spoke a little bit uh, at the beginning of uh, the guided meditation, that this week uh, my intention is to speak uh, about a set of useful, hopefully useful, uh, practice skills and uh, even though uh, sometimes the teachers would say that our practice is simple, um, but we, most of us know that um, the practice is actually not easy to do. And so for most of us, uh, we have to learn a number of different skills that may be appropriate at different times and under different circumstances. And so... Um, this week, I wanted to start out um, today by speaking a little bit about cultivating the skills uh, to set wise intentions of our practice. It may be appropriate, uh, since this is the beginning of the new year, uh, maybe the beginning of the new year does do something in our psyche uh, that it's appropriate to reflect upon uh, the intentions um, that we have around our practice. Why we practice and maybe do this consciously and um, uh, contemplatively without some conscious reflection around why we do our practice. It's easy uh, for our practice to get misaligned with our wanting mind. You know, you know, that happens to all of us, and I'm certainly aware of that. And just one example, uh, sometimes when we engage in, for example, uh, Dharma studies, um, listening to talks or uh, doing reading suttas or, uh, you know, analyzing things and when we're not conscious about why we're doing this unconsciously we can get into a kind of gaining mentality um, we wanted to gain more information in our head and we wanted to know all the lists suttas commentaries and 
And as if knowing all the information becomes the point of the practice. And so I've met people who seems to have all the answers by quoting the lines in the suttas and commentaries. And if you challenge them, they get very agitated. And how can the suttas be wrong, right? And, and so that's just one silly example um, uh, to show that sometimes we can miss the point of learning and the studying and listening to the talks. Uh, if gaining the information is why we study the sutta, then we're all just trying to become Google. That's <laughs> you know, got all the information there. Um, and this can happen in our meditative practice as well. So sometimes uh, when we are unconscious of why we're doing it, uh, we could be doing it because we wanted to get something that we like, uh, you know, blissful states, or we wanted to get rid of something that we don't want or we don't like, like the pain in the body or the annoying boss, or, you know. And so this may not be an issue when we're consciously choosing something that may be skillful, that is aligned with our deepest intentions, because we know the choices supports the practice along the way. But when we're unclear and unconscious, we can become the victim of our wanting mind, even though we may have thought that we're actually practicing. So it's very important that from time to time we ask this question, uh, why are we doing this? And so this is um, why I brought this in, aligning in our meditation today. And there is an interesting teaching in the uh, Pali Canon Sutta that I was reading recently, and that's in Anguttara Nikaya 4.6. Uh, in this sutta, the Buddha pointed out that regardless if someone has learned a little or a lot of Dharma teachings, you know, through memorization, listening to the talks, and all of those different ways. And the Buddha said, it is only when the person is intent on what they have learned, they will succeed in the Dharma. And the key word here is intent. And the person is intent on what they have learned. And the sutta goes on by explaining how one is intent on what one has learned. And it says that here someone has learned, having understood the meaning of the teachings, the person practices in accordance with the Dharma. And this is how one is intent on what has been learned. So one is practicing in accordance with the Dharma, and that's how one is intent on what one has learned. What stood out for me uh, in this line um, is um, 
that the intention, setting intention, intending, is not separate from the practice itself. In fact, intention orients and sets in motion the practice and the teachings. Uh, the in the immediacy of our lived experience here and now. So intending has this kind of aliveness, the vibrancy in us. The Buddha in the Sutta equates intent to practicing in accordance with the Dharma. And there are two aspects that jumped out in this line for me. One is that um, there is a clear orientation of the Dharma. That is, it's about uh, practicing in accordance with the Dharma. And the second aspect is that it highlights that the significant aspect of intending is about practicing with it itself. In our classic teachings on wise intention, in the context of Noble Eightfold Path, um, it invites us to orient ourselves to live in line with renunciation, non-harming, and a loving kindness. So whenever we speak, whenever we uh, act, or we think, we can feel and sense if our actions, speech, and mental activities are aligned with this wise intentions. Are they kind? Are they expressions of non-harming and non-grasping? Often, when we're getting carried away by the flow of activities and reactivities, uh, we sometimes can lose contact with this kind of deepest intentions. And so that's when we are no longer um, in uh, living in accordance with the Dharma. I want to say a few words about how we're practicing uh, setting, cultivating intentions. So clarifying our intentions or making contact with our deepest intentions don't need to be only uh, a cognitive or intellectual um, activity itself. It can be a part of it. Um, but often, our deepest intentions have a felt sense in the body and in our hearts. And sometimes, even before we have a words for them, uh, in our guided meditation, uh, we kind of experimented with this a little bit. Sometimes, uh, the deepest intentions have embodied somatic expression. For me, I often feel a kind of uplift through my spine, my torso, and it's energizing. At the same time, 
I can feel my whole body and heart and mind has a kind of a grounding in it. My heart heart can feel at ease, and there may be a kind of a brightness in our heart and mind. Sometimes the heart can feel tender, and over time we may recognize、uh, what these intentions、uh, are. Maybe in terms of words and、uh, cognitive understanding, and they don't always have to have、uh, words right away. But it's something that's deep inside of us. We can know this, and we can trust this. So, to practice、um, with the setting intentions, it may be helpful、uh, first to ask ourselves,、uh, "What are our deepest intentions?" From time to time, maybe in the meditation, you can drop a question. Kind of like a dropping the stone in a pond,、uh, without necessarily trying to figure it out. Let yourself feel what bubbles up in the body, what bubbles up in the heart. And there is no rush to get the answer. I remember Gil mentioned that、uh, he had spent uh, uh, a year. To clarify his intention, and so no rush for this. And the second aspect of practicing with、uh, our intentions is to pause and turn inward often, and feel and sense what's operating inside of us in our activities of body, mind, and speech. And gently touching, if this is aligned with our intentions, our deepest intentions, and allow this to be an inquiry rather than judgment or blame or criticism, and let this inquiry guide you to become more and more aligned with something our heart and mind knows deeply. Inside of us, and we'll continue to explore this for the rest of the week in various ways and expanding some different aspects of、um, our practice. So, thank you, everyone, for being here, and we'll resume tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of the day.